0: Welcome to Encounters. Uh, We don't really have a set date or time that we do this. I just kind of do it whenever my guests are available. And uh, the whole goal is to build a library for you guys on YouTube so you can find our YouTube channel, Encounters. And you can subscribe there so that if you need encouragement, if you're having a rough day and you want to just, you know, hear a story of how good God is and what he can do and how he can bring you through stuff, you know, you can check that out. So that's kind of what we do here. Also, if you're on with us, make sure you share and uh, yeah, so today I'm excited because it's my friend Brandy from Windsor. What's up? Hey, everybody. Do a little hand wave. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I was excited to have her on because um, she's part of my story, part of the restoration God did in my life. And uh, they were the first people to invite me um, to come and speak, actually, when God relaunched me into ministry and things like that. And they were just super loving and open and caring people and then she went through a crazy awesome experience and so yeah I wanted to have her on just because she's a deep open real person so at least that's what I think so thank you (laughs) so how's it in Windsor is it freezing
1: uh you know what it was a little warmer today not too bad um it was cold tons of snow my son went out and built himself an igloo yesterday
0: And when he crawled
1: inside of it, he's 13, and when he crawled inside of it, all you could see was his his boots sticking out. So (laughs) (laughs) there's enough snow, some pretty intense igloo building right now.
0: Yeah, this has been like a real winter. I don't know. If you guys aren't Canadian, this has been a real winter for us. It's been a little while since we had one.
1: Yeah, it has been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, I don't know where you want to start. I'm going to let you start. You can kind of share a bit of who you are. And then like i said as i get prompted i'll ask things and we'll dive in
1: sure so i guess with introducing myself it always feels awkward you know because it's like what do you say oh about yeah <laughs> <me>? um
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm really awesome by the way <laughs> yeah
1: you really need to know me i am um... <laughs> so you know actually i'm gonna start back you know i'm not gonna go all the way all the way back but i'm gonna start back when i first started in ministry and you know I was in my early 20s and I kind of stumbled across this preaching gift I had no idea that this was what I was called to do it wasn't something I was seeking out but it actually ended up happening when I was in the social work program at my college and I had this professor and he would do this thing when we had to give um, oral reports. He would stand at the back of the room with a pen and paper, and every time you said, um, or uh, or anything that wasn't a real word, anytime you kind of tripped over your tongue, he would mark it down and he would count the number of times that you did that because he wanted you to be able to get up in front of a group of people, say what you needed to say quickly and say it eloquently and move on. And so the first time I ever had to do an oral presentation. First of all, one of the things you should, I'm, a, I'm super awkward. I'm awkward in front of a camera. I feel awkward in front of people. Public speaking was this huge fear for me. So I get up there and I have my notes and I'm shaking like a leaf and I'm reading it basically word for word. It was just a few minutes, this presentation. At the end of it, he says to me, you said I'm um, 17 times. And I don't know what happened in me at that point, but something in me kind of went, okay, I can do better than that. And mm-hmm. I started to hone my my public speaking gift. And then Shane and I both went to Bible school together. And the first time I got up to preach a sermon, all of that disappeared. It was like, there was no fear. There was no need to worry about saying, um, it was like the Holy Spirit just took over. And for the first time in my entire life, I felt like this is what I was created to do. And there was nothing that it did like, it didn't matter. I didn't care what people thought it, you know, it wasn't about putting on a show. It wasn't about getting a good grade. It was just about letting the Holy spirit move through me. And as I started to step out into that and I started to encounter him a little more, you know, we were, I was raised up in a little bit more of a stringent religious background. And so, encounter wasn't really something that I experienced a lot of in my early days of ministry or my, my days growing up. But I, I, whenever I would get up to preach, I could just feel that tangible anointing. I knew, you know, I knew. And I walked in that ministry for about 10 years but what was happening behind the surface of all of that and what was happening behind closed doors in my life looked very different. I still believed everything I preached, but the problem was that I hadn't experienced it for myself. I almost preached it from that place of, I so desire this that I'm going to speak it like it's going to happen. And I craved it, but I just wasn't seeing it. and when you live that way for so long, where you see this huge disconnect between what God says is possible and and what Jesus died for you to have, and you look at the biblical church and you look at everything that's been given to us, and then you look at your life and you go, well, <laughs> what went wrong here? And I lived in that place for like 10 years and I wanted it so badly, but I just, I did I couldn't figure out how to access it. And so fast forward 10 years into ministry and I'm, I had a breakdown. I had an actual nervous breakdown. We had moved to Windsor just about a year before. And from the outside, you know, if you were on the outside looking into our life, you would have seen a happily married couple. You would have seen children who were well adjusted. They did well at school. They were, you know, for the most part, happy. We had issues like every family, but you know, you would not have seen the turmoil that I was living in because it wasn't just about not being able to access those things. It actually, I had lived for so long under this burden of religious expectation and under this burden of condemnation and with this really angry God. And even though I knew, like I knew that he loved us, I also walked this tightrope where it was like if I so much as stepped an inch out, like that was it. I was going to hell. I was going to lose the favor of God in my life. He wasn't going to answer my prayers, all of these things. So I lived in this anxiety. And then one day I woke up and I had so much anger at God. I was, I was so angry because I said to him, you know, all I've done, all I've done for 10 years is ask you to give me this all I've done for 10 years is seek you and all i have in return is this religious bondage all i have is this sense that i can do no right in your eyes and this is where for me everything started to change because in that moment i could not have held on to the pretense if i tried i could not have i I couldn't i couldn't do it anymore i woke up one morning and the f-bombs that started coming out of my mouth and the rage and at God like let me just be honest, at God I was mm. like you know what f you I hate you I hate everything that you've put me through for the last 10 years I hate the way that I feel when I try to follow you I hate that I will never measure up just I don't want to talk to you anymore I don't want to know you anymore leave me alone and up until that point, I would have been terrified to utter those words because I did serve such an angry God. But when you get to that breaking point where you can't carry it anymore, it's not yeah. you're There's no filter.
0: Well, and, and so many of us go through that. I I was there. I I remember um, being so torn up just before God changed my life, where I went to um, a worship night at a church I was a worship leader at, and like. I, the spirit of God hit me and then my buddy turned to me in uh, the worship and tried to say, I love you. And like out loud, I told him, I'm like, don't you effing say, you know, like everyone around just like turned around like, who's this guy? You know, and I ran to the car and cried like a baby. And then I came back in and I I looked at, cause I used to worship on the stage. I used to be a part of the show, you know, that was church. And I just looked and I said, you know what? I don't want God and I don't want this. Yeah. And uh, because it was so much hurt because yeah. it was, it wasn't even real. It's not even who he is. But at that moment, that's all I've known. And like you said, like, how can you measure up? And I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Well, <laughs> Sorry,
1: It's okay. No, uh, we yeah, tell it's people, powerful. we tell, you know, people don't think it's okay Yeah. to actually be real with God. And it wasn't until I had no choice, but to be real yeah that he actually showed up because it was like all right now that you're ready to lay down the pretense and you're ready to just be yourself with me i can do something with that and so i'm laying on the couch one day i've just told god exactly what i think and (laughs) what i was expecting to hear you know here's tiny little me taken on god and what i'm expecting to hear is some sort of judgment or condemnation or experience some sort of fear or Feel his spirit. Like, I really don't know, but I was expecting something bad. And all I heard was, okay, I'm here when you're ready. And of course I was still snarky, so I said, well, I'm not going to be ready. <laughs> and then for six weeks, I laid on the couch and I watched Grey's Anatomy. Um, I, I had fallen so deep into this pit of just depression and anger and despair that my husband would come home f- from work and I'd be in the same spot I was in when he left. And he would say to me, like, what did you do today? And I couldn't tell him. Or he would ask me, like, when was the last time you showered? And I couldn't remember. I had to. We had to pull our kids out of their extracurricular activities because I could not. Function, and Shane took on so much in that season and he held this household together because I couldn't do it anymore I couldn't keep doing the things that a good Christian does and I couldn't keep doing the things that a good mom does and I just couldn't do it anymore and so I laid there for six weeks I slept I occasionally ate and beyond that I did very little and you know what the amazing thing is, is we have this understanding sometimes that I have to work for my healing. That I have to dig around until I find the root of what is wrong with me. I have to somehow work it up in order to get set free. I watch Netflix. <laughs> that's that's what I did. And I don't know what happened with, you know, between me and God in those six weeks. But I know that without me so much as opening my Bible, praying, worship, I didn't do any of it in those six weeks. But something shifted. And at the end of those six weeks, I heard his voice say to me, are you ready? Let me back in. And because I was created for him, I was created to love him. I knew that I couldn't say no, but what I said was, (laughs) okay, here's what's going to happen God. I'm going to give you an inch, but don't do that thing you do where you think you can come and take a mile because this is all I can give you right now. This is all I can trust. So I will take one small step, but I can't jump all in with you again because my journey with you has been so devastating that i can't i can't open myself back up to that again yeah and so he just started coming to me in these small little things and in that season i actually lost my ability to articulate anything which is funny because it's what i do i speak um but i lost my ability to articulate and i couldn't put anything into words a lot of the time i would lay on the floor I would curl up in the fetal position and i would just groan it it was all i had it was all i had in me and he started coming to me in these small little things and one day he said to me will you do something for me oh come on and my thought was (laughs) no
0: no (laughs) no
1: because i've spent the last 10 years doing stuff for you and look where it landed me And, but he knew, he knew where my heart was. And he's like, I just want you to paint something. And I had this conversation with him and I still have these conversations with him, but where I said, have we met? I don't paint. Like I don't, art, (laughs) art is not my thing. I have no desire, but because I could not articulate, he gave me a gift in that season of being able to express everything that was on the inside of me without having to say it without having to be able to understand it even, because even to this day, you know, this was almost six years ago. And even to this day, I do not have the words for a lot of what he did. I don't have the words for a lot of what I went through. I just have those moments where I sit there and, and it's funny because it was the most painful season of my life. And I would give anything to be back there (laughs) because the raw, encounters and the overwhelming presence of god in my life in that season has to this day been unmatched i have never experienced anything like it since i know i will because i believe it's my portion but yeah i started painting so (laughs) (laughs) i have kids and so i just thought okay i'm gonna go get some construction paper so i get this construction paper finger paint like kids art supplies right and i lay it out on the table and i'm like all right so I'm supposed to paint, but as soon as I picked up those supplies, as soon as I actually set my hand to it, all of this darkness just started pouring out of me. Like, so, and I, I still have those paintings. They look like a five-year-old did them cause that's my level, but I have them. And they are pictures of prison cells and just darkness and every time I would sit down and I would just paint and I would weep and it was like this purging that was happening. I didn't have words, but I had the ability to release what I was going through in a different way. And I just poured it out. I didn't hold anything back. I didn't, I did not say or paint or feel or express what I thought he wanted for the first time in my life. I just brought what I actually had. And that became the first step. It taught me. The first step in healing for me was releasing. It was lamenting. Can I just say the church needs to bring back the biblical concept of lament. David did it. Job did it. Jesus himself did it when he hung on the cross and ask God why he had abandoned him. Now, did he know that he had not abandoned him? Yes, but in that moment, I knew God. I knew God had not abandoned me, but in that moment, all I could feel was abandonment. All I felt was, where are you, God? How could you have left me for so long like this and allowed me to come to this place? So when I started to stop, when I stopped filtering, and I just started pouring it all out, this healing started to happen because I did not realize how many layers of, oh, just gross darkness was inside of me. And the more I painted, the more came out and the more I wept. You know know how that you do that thing where you weep and weep and weep until you're empty and you feel like I couldn't cry anymore no matter how hard I tried? (laughs) And I would get you to need that a point. bottle of
0: water. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm out of tears. I would get to that point And then 10 minutes later, I'd be balling again. And I spent days like that. And for me, that was the first time I was able to just let God have it all. Come on. And none of it looked like a beautiful sacrifice of worship. None of it looked like something he would be pleased with, especially on my really bad F bomb days. There was one day I was standing out on the <laughs> porch with Shane. And because sometimes when you have such deep, complicated emotions, it comes out as anger, right? That yeah, like
0: yeah.
1: It, it. So I'm standing on the porch with my husband, and I, I cannot remember oh no i do remember we had gone for this like night of worship and this was (laughs) the first time i realized i couldn't set foot in a church for a while
0: yeah it's not a good idea when you're going through stuff no
1: no it's okay it's okay to be where you're at so i'm we come home and i like the whole time i made him leave early because i was so angsty and i told him i said if we don't get out of here i'm gonna punch that guy right in the face Because I had all this, not just at God, but at everybody else who seemed to have a better relationship with God. I hated everybody. And I was like, we have to leave because this is not going to end. It's not going to end well. So we come <laughs> home and we're on the porch and, and I chose to stay on the porch so that my kids wouldn't hear my rant. So I'm out on the porch and I'm just letting fly. And for the first time in our married life, Shane looks at me and he says, "Kate, okay, now I'm scared because <laughs> it was not something That was in keeping with what people thought my character was, right? Yeah. Because I'd spent so many years being the good Christian. And he's since learned, you know, it's nothing to, it was nothing to fear, but I'd bottled up for so long, it was going to come out one way or the other, you know? And so I let it come out.
0: Well, and so many, so many times we go through these, these, um, seasons where basically we have in tiny moments of encounter that sustain us but we don't actually deal with what's inside and for me that was like six years of thinking everything was great things Mm -hmm. like that as well you know and there's people even tonight i'm sure on the broadcast where their their lives are just coming to this crossroad and they don't know what to do anymore there's no way to fix it there's no way to make it better everything you try makes it worse and the more you try, the faster you sink, and and that's a um, a horribly wonderful place to be because it's either Jesus saves me or I'm done.
1: Yeah,
0: it's either He's real or I'm I'm done. There's nothing else. I don't have anything else to bring. Yeah, I don't have anything else to give. And I was in a conference in Montreal, and um, when you were sharing about the things you were giving him, you didn't think he would want um, like the that was coming out. I had this encounter where I was. I started singing this song, my offering, and, um, it was just like, you take it all, you take it all or something, you change everything. But in the vision, I was pouring this black sledge into Jesus's hands. Mm, and yeah. he has this huge smile on his face and I'm feeling just horrible. I'm like, why am I giving this to you? Yeah. And like, I'm like, God, I wouldn't give this to like anyone. This is disgusting. And he spoke to me and he said, I gave you your best. But I came for your worst. Yeah. Be real with me. Good. Yeah. You know, and that was where I realized he's not afraid of what I'm going through. He's not afraid of my honesty. He's not afraid of any of it. Yeah. He's in love with me. And it really, like, kept me open and kept me as I reentered the 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 fold, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I ever did, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I keep going. I'm sorry. That was just so no. good. No, by yeah. all
1: means. Um, you know, and, and the beautiful thing about it is I started to understand that it's actually an exchange that happens. It's not just about me venting. When you study the Psalms and you study, especially the, some of the Psalms written by David that start out with him, like the world hates me and I (laughs) want to die and my flesh is eating away, you know, all of these dark things. But then have you ever noticed that the psalm doesn't end that way? No. He starts out and he's just pouring out all this ugliness at God and this anger. And oftentimes at God, you have left me, you have left me. And then something happens. And by the end of the psalm, he's like, but I will always praise you. You are my rock. You are my foundation. You You are my greatest love. And you have to ask the question, how did he go from being so completely just devastated and broken to in the same psalm now being uplifted and it's like he has able to rejoice again and I experienced that when I started to go through this where there is this exchange that happens where God is saying if you will give me that I will give you my peace like real peace, not the kind of peace that you want to have while everything looks good, but the kind of peace that you can have, even though you just spent 45 minutes railing at me about how terrible your life is and how forgotten you are. If you will let me have that, I will show you what it actually means for you to receive my peace, for you to receive my joy. And it becomes so much deeper than emotion because there were days, even though I was deep down, there were days where I was dancing. I would start weeping and I would finish dancing. I got my dance back through lament. I got my dance (laughs) back when I allowed myself to become unraveled. I just let it happen. I let myself fall apart. And I let myself fall into him because that was the only way, like you said, it was the only way. It was that or I was going to have to check myself in. That was what it was for me. And I needed in that season to allow myself to fall apart. And I have encountered so many people since that season who have asked me, well, how did you do that, though? Because I'm terrified to fall apart. Yeah. But it's not something you do. It's something that the Holy Spirit has to lead. And this is the thing, and this is what I want to stay so far away from is this idea that it's a methodology. It's not a methodology. No. This was all about something God initiated. I could never have dreamt this up. Some of the stuff that he took me through and some of the visions that he gave me and the pain, all of it, none of it had anything to do with me and none of it even now. I look back and go yeah that is not the way I would have done that come on because he came to me and when I responded simply by saying fine you want it you got it here it is this is this is me this is who I am right now this is all I have to offer take it or leave it and he takes it he always takes it and You know, the Bible tells us that he's close to the brokenhearted. He's not going to reject the sacrifice of the broken. Come on. And I felt closer to him in that than I ever have. And that's why I tell people I would go back to that in a heartbeat. Even if I had to feel the brokenness again, I would go back to it because... His closeness, like, and that's what I I just desire for people to hear because so many people struggle with feeling like I have failed as a Christian because God won't receive me because I'll never be healed because, and all I can say to that is come in your brokenness, just come in your brokenness, lay (laughs) it all down, let him have it, and he will make something beautiful out of it.
0: Come on. I remember um, I didn't have a lot of Scripture and stuff in the season I went through Mm because I had walked away completely and tried to shut my heart off completely. Um, But I just remember when I was in the nine months that God was restoring me, he brought me to this verse in Isaiah, and it's just so powerful because it says, a bruised reed he will not break, Mm -hmm. and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out you know, in faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. Right. Like, and it's oh, like, you know, and, and my justice would have been judgment, you know, but he didn't judge me. Yeah. And he just like, you might, you know, I just I have this feeling like there's like people that are going to watch this that are just in this place. So it's like, I just want to speak to them where like, you might be in this place where you feel so broken that you can't wake up tomorrow. You know, like I've, yeah. I've encountered tons of people like this. I was there. You know, but it's like that's where God meets you because He won't let you fall. And, you know, like into the like into the nothingness, into the loss. Like He He goes even there, and even the other day I was I was snow blowing the driveway, and uh, it says that He kept the keys of death in the grave or whatever. Yeah. And and uh, He spoke to me and He said, "Why did I keep the keys?" And I said, "I don't know." He said, "What do keys give you?" And I said, "Access." And he said, "Exactly." There's nowhere you can go that I can't find you. Yeah. There's nowhere you can, like the darkest place he has access. And, you know, and even this whole time as you're sharing, like, I keep hearing like that, even the darkness will be as light to you. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're like, I would go back there because it's like, even in the darkness, there was so much light. And like, he is in that place. And Mm -hmm. so many of us have that false expectation that God needed something from us. You know and it's like we have no idea how long david took to write that one psalm mm-hmm. you know what i mean he could have yeah. wrote the first part and then six months later wrote the next part we don't yeah. know that's right you know yeah. and in fact jesus i didn't know this this rocked me jesus was quoting one of those psalms he was. on the cross and and the thing in jewish culture is if you said the first part of the scripture it was assumed you meant the second and so Jesus was quoting it because the second part is the important part where like he never leaves you know mm-hmm. like so it's it was really wild like even in the midst of his moment of intense thing he's like guys look look deeper go further yeah. Yeah. and that's that's where it's at is are we willing to go deep enough and be real enough to where there's no more pretending yeah there's just us and him
1: and that that is where I encounter so many people who are bound by fear is in that place right there where they're on the precipice of choice where (laughs) will I actually let myself fall into him or am I going to choose to stay here where I know I'm bound but it's you know I've grown accustomed to my cage you know I'm I'm at least I know what to expect every day. When I get up, I knew what to expect every day when I got up and it wasn't much I knew to I was going (laughs) to wake up. And the first thought I was going to have was a vision of slitting my wrist because I had that thought almost every single day. And it was something that I, like I knew my life was predictable. I knew exactly how to live in the pain, you know, like you just, you learn. And so, I could have just kept going in that forever. If God had not shown up one morning and said, okay, you're done. You can't do this anymore. So I very much look at it as I do think of it. And I know people would argue with this theology and I'm okay with that. But I (laughs) do think that he put me on that couch. Because that was the only way I was going to listen. That was the only way I was going to allow myself to fall apart when I had no choice anymore.
0: Why the guy answer. We had a guy on with us one time and, um, he has the, he has a revelation that, that we kind of like chose to come here, that we were with God before we were here type thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was in this group of people or whatever, and there was a chest and the Lord basically said, like, everything I have for you is in this like treasure chest and, but it only opens under pressure. Hmm. And so he turns to the crowd and says, who will go and be his enemy that he would receive what I have for him? And it's like, I don't I don't understand all of it yet, and, and God hasn't totally revealed it to me, but I'm understanding one thing, that even the darkness is his light to him. Yeah. So even in the midst of my horrible choices, even in the midst of my inability to walk things out or pain, his plan is there he is there yeah and so yeah like someone might get offended because we say like god put us there but he met us there yeah and that's all that matters
1: that's right yeah
0: it doesn't like like i tell people all the time because there's so many teachings and so many things like oh did it work and they're like yeah and i'm like well then it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> it really doesn't matter if it was yeah. right or wrong did it work when saul went and did things the wrong way it still worked a few times you know like <laughs> you know what i mean it wasn't ideal but it worked and if it worked then then who cares like <laughs> you know, go after the one don't don't go after the method the method will change a million times yeah. but it's the person
1: Well, and that's, that's what I want people to come away with is, and that's why I always stress, you know, it really isn't about a method. I can't give you five steps to get restored. I can't do that. And I wouldn't do that because I'd be doing you a huge dishonor by doing that, because all that's doing is essentially taking the need for Holy Spirit out of it. And The question I always ask people was, is, okay, but does it point you to Jesus? Because if it points you to Jesus, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, all I want people to have is Jesus. And not the Jesus I grew up with. I want people to have the Jesus who showed up in my living room when I wanted nothing to do with him and literally wooed me back. He literally came after me. His love chased me down. You know, and you mentioned that you spent nine months. It was the same amount of time for my restoration. It's also the same amount of time as a pregnancy. There are things that are birthed in those deep places that you can't find anywhere else. You can't find that kind of intimacy until you are driven into the presence of God like that. Until you are called like that. When he started to call me out, and my whole restoration is built on the fact that he tore down everything that... basically, He shook everything that could be shaken. And at the end of it, all I had left was Jesus. Because he took everything, every foundational... Truth that I thought was right. And he began to hold it up to the light and say, This, this is not me. This doesn't look anything like me. This is not what I sound like. This is not how I speak to my sons and daughters. This is not how I want you to walk around. You know, the shame that you're in, that's not me. I don't give shame. I don't give condemnation. I don't give rejection and abandonment and an orphan mentality. I don't do any of that. And so he began to, and that was the painful part, was when. I honestly started to feel like, God, if you keep shaking everything, what am I (laughs) going to have left? Like, this is terrifying. I feel like I'm starting all over again. I feel like I never knew you. Now, is that entirely true? Of course not. But there were definitely things, there were definitely a lot of counterfeit things that had presented themselves as Jesus in my life. There were a lot of things that when I hold them up now, I go, I cannot believe that I ever thought that about you. Knowing now who you have revealed yourself to be, I can't believe I ever thought anything less of you. And my season, the most important thing that it did for me was it caused me to fall hopelessly in love with Jesus. Everything else is a detail after that, everything else is something that you can build but if you don't have that place of intimacy if you don't love him like you can't breathe without him then you're going to have those little things that creep up and you're going to start to wonder about his character but when you start to form everything on the basis of this is who he is and i love him because of the way he loves me then you will have an unshakable foundation and that is what those nine months were for me he birthed a brand new person in those nine months and more importantly because there are so many courses and books and all of those things on identity and i'm not bashing that okay let me just i'm not bashing that if if you're seeking that out by all means go nuts but (laughs) here's the problem
0: by all means go nuts
1: (laughs) but My disclaimer would be this, that if you are trying to build an identity outside of the character of God, it's going to crumble anyways. I remember him so clearly saying to me at some point in the journey, and I know that When I look back, I know that I have my timelines crossed and all that kind of stuff because I was just a mess for so much of it. But I remember the the important (laughs) things, I remember the encounters, I remember the truths and that's what stuck. But when he first started to teach me how to rebuild a foundation on the right things, the first thing he said that needed to be in my foundation and it's a big long story about the painting, but the first thing he said to me is you need goodness and my first thought was okay but that's not a word about me that's a word about you (laughs) and he said yeah and until you understand who i am you will never know who you are and everything you are comes out of who i am you are loved because i am love yeah you are taken care of because i am faithful come on you are held in promise because i am good and if you try to go immediately to your identity without first taking the time to understand who he is and how that then means because he is i am yeah you're missing a step and you're gonna falter and so when he sure started to show me this goodness stone i refer to them all as stones because that's what foundations are built out of right so when he first told me the goodness stone, oh, did that ever kick up some rage in me? <laughs> and it was the first one he showed me. And I think it was the first one he showed me because it was like, you've got to get this. You've got to understand that I'm good. I need you to have the revelation of my goodness because otherwise you will never trust me and I won't be able to build anything else in you. So I, yeah. I'm gonna sit with you. And so the first day he said to me, you know, I'm good. I went, no. That was it. That was the first conversation we had about it. And then he left it alone until the next day. And I got up. And he started to talk to me about goodness again. And I said, I cannot believe that about you. I'm sorry I can't believe that about you because everything I've experienced up to this point that has to do with you or not to do with you has shown me the opposite I had created a theology based on my experience as we so often do like I don't believe God heals because I've been praying for so long and this person didn't get healed so we shape this theology now and we start to look at how we can find these loopholes in the word and we look for ways to create a theology about God that is so much less than who he is and so when he started to speak to me about goodness i thought i don't want to go down this road with you because this is going to be the one that hurts
0: yeah it's going to unravel some things
1: yeah i knew i'm like see now i'm going to have to go through the things that like i can because as soon as he said it all of these objections started pouring out okay but what about when this happened and what about this and what about this and what about when you know my daughter walked away because she cried out to you for so long you didn't answer so now she wants nothing to do with you what about that god That's not good, you know? What about my dad dying on the street because you didn't deliver him from alcoholism no matter how much we prayed. What about that? That's not good. And so I took all of this and I just went, no, you're not good. I can't hear that from you. (laughs) And so it took two weeks of this back and forth banter with God where he was like, I'm good. And I was like, you're not. And I can show you why. (laughs) And then one day he said, I want you to just, I want you to listen to these two songs. And it was just two songs that he just wanted me to listen to. And that's all he asked of me. He said, just put it on. And at this point, I still wasn't in the Bible. I didn't read my Bible for nine months. Because every time I opened it, I just felt condemnation. Every time I opened it, it was like, oh, look, another impossible standard. So I just (laughs) put it aside and I'm like, yeah, we're done with that and but i thought okay i can put some songs on i guess so i put these songs on and they were just about the goodness of god i had nowhere to go i wasn't working at the time my kids were in school shane was working so i'm like well you know the alternative is to clean my house and i really don't want to do that so (laughs) i put these songs on and the first time i listened to it i thought oh liars you know they're singing about this goodness of god and i just had this rage. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It just actual rage that would cause me to fall to my knees and scream at the top of my lungs. Like this animalistic scream started to come out of me that I had never heard before. And I, I would listen to it. And all I could think was, why are you good to them? Mm. Because you're not good to me. So either they're lying or you love them more than you love me. And I just, Everything in me just could not receive that revelation. And then I'd get up the next day and he'd say, put it on again. And I would say, I really don't want to go through this anymore. God, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know how to believe this about you. And it took about two weeks before I could listen to it and not feel rage. And that was something. (laughs) So I thought, okay, I don't really understand what's happening here, but that's something. And then it took a little more time before I could listen to it and actually start to feel a peace. And then it took a little bit more time before I could listen to it and then start to sing the words. And then it took a little more time before I could sing it and believe it. And here's the thing, you guys, it... Nothing in my circumstances changed. Those questions were still unanswered. Those objections were still there. You know, it was still remained true that a lot of things in my life had happened that did not display the goodness of God, and I still didn't understand them. But something took root in me where He began to shape a truth deep inside of me that was unaffected by my experience. And by what he had not done for me and by all the unanswered prayers. And that is what it looks like to actually have a foundation that is rooted in the character of God. It means that when he shows, he reveals himself to be a certain way, that he is that way no matter what our experience says. And that's where it's hard. Ooh. And that's why he had to take me through my rage and keep <laughs> leading me back to the same thing. Because he's like, you got to get this. If you don't get this, you're never gonna trust me again. If you don't get this, you're gonna be tossed to and fro with every single storm that comes. You have to get this one truth. And once he, once that began to be embedded in me, the other ones started to come a little more easily. Because yeah. now, if I know you're good, then I can begin to believe that you also love me the way you say you love me. And I can begin to believe that you are gonna be there for me, faithfully, without question and without end, because you are who you say you are. So that was my journey with goodness. <laughs> and you know it's
0: it heard... so crazy, about what you just said there, though, you are who you say you are, and and that's that's what I found I lacked my whole life was I knew God from the aspect of what He said to somebody else.
1: Mm, yeah
0: and and just recently i've been the lord's been showing me like um throughout the whole old testament it was always a man describing who god was and so in first uh, in john the book of john it says the word was god and was with god Mm -hmm. you know it also says like the word came bodily and dwelt among us and the lord spoke to me and he said what's a word and i was like i have no idea you know, like, I don't know. And he said, it's communication. And I was like, okay, what are you trying to say to me? Mm -hmm. And he said, Christ came to speak a better word. Mm. All these prophets and all these people fell short of describing who he was. Yeah, Like, we don't understand it as much, but like, they were terrified of God. They wouldn't even say the name of God. they And they come to Jesus and they go, you know, how do we pray? And we just read that and we go, okay, our father. Like, But yeah. they were literally saying, how do we approach a God who's so big, the mountains shake, and judgment falls from the sky, and the ground swallows people up. How do we approach this this scary being? And Jesus goes, call him Abba Daddy. <laughs> right, right he completely demolishes their entire belief in one word our father pre-cross all your theology broken they hadn't been washed by the blood they hadn't been he was accepting them as sons and daughters before any of our you know ones and twos add up and jesus is saying go to him as daddy yeah, and trust him that whole prayer is really about trust and authority in the earth and You know, even I love where it says, leave me not into temptation because it's like not even Jesus wanted to be tempted. You know, like it's like we have to trust, like, and that that ties into the goodness thing because it's like, if you know he's good, then he's going to lead you in good places. But if you doubt it, you're going to find yourself going back. And for me, like a big one that's changing right now is where I come from. Because where I come from, dictates what i default to if i come from sin i'm always going to be a sinful being but if i was made fearfully and wonderfully by the hands of a loving father come out of him come from heaven then my default should be completely different and i should go back to being who i am instead of this lie of a fallen man yeah yeah that's right and through christ we can do all things but these are just words they're just words if he doesn't speak them to you yeah and that's what we don't get. Like I I grew up word of faith and we stood on the word, you know? Like yeah. and we, and oh, we yeah. quoted we <laughs> quoted things till we were blue in the face, but it it's not until he speaks it to you. Jesus said, "I'm going to go." And and it's so crazy now when I think of these things because I've I've been just so focused on like oneness, like how God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are actually one mm-hmm. and they're inseparable. They can't separate. Yeah. So it's like Jesus is like, I'm gonna go, but the helper is gonna come. And it's like, no, like you're gonna go, but you're gonna like you're still gonna be there. Like it's so crazy. But he he's explaining it to them this way so that they would understand, like, guys, that spirit in you is gonna lead you into all truth. Yeah. Stop leaning on Paul's revelation. Yeah. Go get your own.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Stop leaning on like, and it's not bad. Like this, this whole page is about being encouraged and and being um, inspired and, and knowing that there's people that are going through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. But the truth is the only person who can get it is when you go to the well and you go talk to Jesus yourself. That's right, yeah. When you broke in and dirty and shouldn't even be talking to the dude, like that's that's where you gotta go. Yeah. Because if you don't, what are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it's um, it's something. It's just become my heart's desire. You know, um, whether I'm teaching or you know, no matter what I'm doing, I don't want to have answers for people. Come on. You know, I can give you my story. I can share the revelation. But the whole point of me sharing the revelation, as I said earlier, is it needs to point to Jesus. So. Even in everything that I say, this is what has happened. This is everything that I went through. This is what God revealed me to be true in me. But the only way, like you said, the only way it's going to change your life is if you seek the revelation from the throne room for yourself because I can't give you that. And that's what, as I went through all of those years of religious training. I don't even know the right word. All of the <laughs> indoctrination where it was like I was once told, you know, in order to know that God is speaking to you, you know, your the word has to have these four qualifications. And, it, you know, to me, in order for something for me to know that God is speaking something to me, it has to not contradict what I know to be true of him. That's that's what it is for me. Is, does this sound like the heart of the God that I know? And in order to be able to ask that question, you have to know him. So many Christians Mm -hmm. are so confused. What should I do with my life? What is my purpose? What is my calling? It's to know him. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. You are called and created. Your purpose is to know him. It is to sit at the feet of Jesus and pour your worship out on him. It is to know, to seek his face, to look into his eyes, to be completely awestruck by the revelation of who he is. And that is the place that everything else is going to flow out of without that. You're just filling time. You're just, you're just putting in hours. And so it, (laughs) I was, when I went through this journey actually, I, I remember Jesus leading me later. Once I actually picked the Bible up again, I remember him leading me into the Gospels, into John, and there's that scene where, <laughs> I say a scene like it's a play. Um, chapter. <laughs> well, I picture things, right? So it's like, it's a, what's a scene? It's a play. It's and they're, they're all, Jesus and his disciples are all sitting and they're having dinner. And this is where Jesus starts to predict his death. And there's all this happening in the story, this this dialogue that's happening with him. But you know what stuck out to me? Like, I still actually can't tell you exactly what the other dialogue was. But I know one thing that it says is that the disciple Jesus loves was reclining against his bosom. I grabbed that one thing out of that picture. And I thought, first of all, here is a guy who's writing about himself. Okay, (laughs) the guy who wrote that is referring to himself as the disciple jesus loves and by then you know god had begin this begun this work in me and i thought i that's me i am the disciple jesus loves and from that moment forward i started doing this thing where i would come into worship or i would come just to sit with him and i would sit i wouldn't sit on my couch i'd sit on my floor and i'd lean back against the base of my couch, and I would just say, I want to lean back against you and feel your heartbeat, Jesus. I want to lean back. I want to be so close that I can feel your breath on my neck. And this language makes people uncomfortable because we've been taught that you can't approach God that way. But the disciples did it. John did it. John boasted in the fact that he was the disciple Jesus loves. Well, you know what? (laughs) I'm the favorite. I'm the one he loves. And I'm going to refer to myself that way now. And I'm going to refer to you that way because the way has been made for us to not settle for keeping everything at at arm's length. We don't have to settle for being on the outside looking in anymore. And so I started to draw into this like really, really intimate place with the Holy Spirit where I would just sit and I could tangibly sometimes feel his arms around me and I would just sit there I wouldn't say anything there was nothing to be said I would just be and it took me back a few years prior where I had gone to this conference and and it was it was a good conference um but I remember this one thing standing out because we we all came into the church and the worship team was just getting started and the worship leader says close your eyes and he starts talking about the story of the woman with the issue of blood and how you know she pushed her way through this crowd and her, all she could think was, if I can just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And he said these words. He said, let's touch the hem of his garment tonight. So I closed my eyes and right away, Jesus says to me, nope. Mm. And I went, okay. And he said, here's the thing, that's old covenant. That was Old Covenant. Jesus had not been resurrected yet. So Come we on. use that verse as if touching the hem of his garment is as close as we can get. That's not as close as we can get. So what he said to me was, stop settling for touching the hem of my garment. I've paid the price for you to wear it. Whoa. And he opened his arms and his vision in front of me, and he was cloaked in this purple robe. And he said, are you going to just step in? Just step in. And he wrapped me up in the garment because that is that is the difference between what religious teaching says, that this is how we must approach God. You have to push your way through the crowd and reach out and try to just hope you can get enough contact with him that maybe he'll heal you. Or you can receive the fullness of the revelation that everything he has is yours and that he has paid the highest price for you to be able to lean back against his chest feel his heartbeat and yes i recognize that that was also post-resurrection but if or pre-resurrection but if you look (laughs) at the intimacy it looks sort of to me like john just kind of went i don't care about propriety this is my place i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna soak it all in because i want to be this close and so i don't want to touch the hem of his garment i don't want to beg for table scraps i don't want to push my way through the crowd. There's room for everyone at the table and there everyone has been given their own robe. Everybody has been given full access. We don't have to approach him that way anymore. Come on. These are the, the small revelations that just completely shook everything <laughs> I thought I knew.
0: The small revelations, I love it. Yeah. I, remember, I remember it was when me and Ben came to your conference that you invited us to. Um, I'd never... This sounds crazy, but I'd never heard the Reckless Love of God song before Okay. Um, because in that season, I, I wasn't I wasn't focused in the church or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember being in worship and Joe Graham was singing it. Or maybe Shane was saying, I don't know, someone was singing it, one of those guys. And it like,
1: thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just broke because I was like, you don't understand. Like, I think I even grabbed the mic and I'm like, you guys don't get it. This isn't a song. This yeah. is my life. Like, I'm the one who threw it all away. I'm the one who is completely destroyed and did everything wrong and don't deserve anything, and he's lavishly loving me. You know, and, like, when he called me son in the closet, like, I broke and I'm like, you can't call me that for hours and hours and days until finally, like, I remember one day, like, like you said, like, I could actually feel the robe being put on me. Like, I could actually feel it. And he's like, do you like, don't you get it yet? Like, you're mine. Like, and it's like, we we go so long trying to, to please. This unpleasable father when the whole time he was heartbroken at every service and in every, like, man, I used to lead worship in a youth group and I was so messed up that I used to go behind the speaker before I go up and I would just stand there and be like, God, like, I know I don't have my life figured out. I know I'm doing everything wrong, but if you could just you know, take all this stuff for like five minutes because we only got like five minutes, you know, and I was like, if you could just take this for five, 10 minutes, I'll take it all back. I don't, I don't even want forgiveness. Like, I don't even want you to love me. I just don't want to hurt anybody. And I used to go up on stage and just, just have this crazy release. Like I saw kids just fall to the ground and start crying during 15 minute worship services. And, uh, but I would always pick it back up because religion told me I wasn't good enough, yeah. you know, and, and I had no clue. And that was like, we're talking like, you know, years before I was going to encounter the father, yeah. like years. And and, you know, we we don't understand that Jesus didn't just die like the gospel for my whole life was like, Jesus died. So you won't go to hell. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, that's nice. But like the Lord revealed to me, like, and I I don't care what anybody thinks. The gospel is the fact that Jesus came to declare a better word, that we had a Father who loves us and who wants us and wanted us the whole time, and there was nothing we could do that could make him not want us, and that he came to declare and show a person who we'd never known before in perfect clarity, like a mother hen longing for us to come under his wings or into his robe or on his chest. Like, that God that's just like, I still can't comprehend it. I still break. I still, I'm still crying. I cry so much tonight. And we're going uh, to continue to cry. Cause <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, I should get like a tissue sponsor. you know.
1: <laughs> and I knew, I knew, and I, I knew that I was going to cry. And it's yeah, funny, um, because I used to actually be criticized for that as a preacher.
0: Um, oh, yeah, <laughs>
1: Because even even before all of this, I still had this thing in me where I was still passionate about God. And so when he would move, when his Holy Spirit would move on me, when I was speaking or whatever, I would cry. Yeah. I still do that. I very rarely get through a message.
0: Yeah. Chelsea crying. says like three words and bam. I, just I was
1: doing one the other night and honestly, like I had snot. It was like- <laughs> <laughs> like nice feminine tears and oh it's a nice moment it was like (laughs) blubbering nasty disgusting but i'm like you know what this is how it is because i realized something that i didn't necessarily know to be true before i went through this process and that is he gave all of it to us and my emotions were a big part of my healing in that they showed me something. They showed me a lie. They showed me something that I that I needed to see. And yeah. now I look at it as this journey started out with me giving God everything that I thought he would reject. It started with me giving him all my rage and all of my disappointment and all of my fear and all of my depression and, and everything that was ugly inside of me it started with me giving that so why now would i all of a sudden button it up and stop giving him <laughs> the good emotion why would i stop weeping in his presence when i cannot think about him Woo. without that anymore i can't think about him without this well of just holy spirit I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's one of those things I don't have words for. But I can't think about him outside of that anymore. And I'm going to keep giving that to him. I'm going to keep coming yeah. in, in full expression. You know, I still dance. And I'm going to keep dancing. Because, you know, people can criticize us for being too emotional or, or too flamboyant <laughs> or too whatever. But I've been on the other side of it. And I don't ever want to go there again. I don't ever want to feel distant. I don't ever want to feel like that again. I want everything I am to be all in with everything he is. And the beautiful thing about it is that I will spend my whole life showing up in that place and never even begin to scratch the surface (laughs) of who he is and of what he actually opened up for us behind that veil. There is it is infinite. The mystery of God, the majesty of God is absolutely infinite. And I will never reach the end of it. And so there is no place for me to be bored. Yeah, There's no place for me to be bored in the presence of God because I, I just can keep swimming through it forever.
0: <laughs> it's so crazy because like even when uh, I, I used to hear this all the time where people are like, oh, you know, I used to i used to get really wrecked but then i learned how to stand you know and we want to learn how to stand in the glory i'm like man i don't know i don't like i just like being there (laughs) i just want to be with him like if he needs me to stand he can pick me up man i am open to whatever he wants but i don't i don't ever want to try to hide um anymore because it's like that especially from him like he's he's perfect love like and we say these words but when you encounter them it's that words fall short you know like i i've been writing a song for a long time that i just there's no words to write it anymore you know because it's like like i don't even i don't even want to cheapen the experience by trying to say it i don't want it to turn into an anthem you know like i just i do know yes yeah it's like it's like um you remember the heart of worship song and so the story behind it is basically like God comes to the guy and says, shut down all the music. And so he does. And like people are leaving by the droves. And the only time they sing is acapella. And out of that place comes this amazing song of like getting back to where it's just us and God. And then it becomes the very thing that God shut down. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's that's the one thing for me where it's like I'm so lucky because of how God made me, I don't have a lot of worry of, um, the methodology, (laughs) you know, no one's, no one's lining up to go through my methodology. (laughs) You know what I mean? If I wrote a book of the method of how I got to know God, um, there wouldn't be a big lineup to be like, Oh, I want to do that too. You know, (laughs) nor would I want them to, because I believe that God can reach them in, in his way in their life. But it's like, we've just, it's so refreshing and, and real, and, you know, just to, um, encounter people who are real. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember, um, one of the most amazing encounters in my life was when, um, Chelsea came to pick me up at your house. We had just finished, um, like a group at your house, like a little house church. Yeah. And, uh, she came in and Holy Spirit asked me to ask her to share what she went through when I was lost. And, um, yeah. I was kind of at first like, Do you like me, God? Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, but, um, as she, and she just went for it. She just opened up and, you know, and as I heard her pain, I was in so much, like, I just, I still to this day carry the, just the knowledge of how much I hurt her. And, um, but it was so amazing because this moment, Jesus wrapped his arms around me and he said, Corey, it's okay that you're the bad guy in the story. And I was like, "Why?" You know, and he kind of just spoke to me. And he said, I'm going to be your hero. And every time you're the bad guy in the story, I'm going to rescue and I'm going to come and fix it and I'm going to put it back together and I'm going to restore it, you know, and, and I know he can do it and I, I don't take any credit for any of it because I like... <laughs> I'm, because <laughs> <yeah>. we can't say <laughs> no it's impossible
1: no,
0: <laughs> no. you know and it's like I feel like there's so many people tonight who are just amazing awesome real people who are on here and um, I don't know if you can see the comments but they're just they're lighting it up man they're loving it because they've walked through similar things and like a lot of them I know so it's like I know that they've gone through the the hard places with the Lord and, and come out the other side you know And they carry such an image of the Father in their lives. And like all of them are like just like loving on you right now. So, God, I just thank you. We're not done yet. I'm just taking a moment. Holy Spirit, I just ask that as Brandy's pouring out such vulnerability and truth, that you would just give her more than she could ever imagine and dream. God, I thank you that they haven't even hit chapter two of their story yet. This has all been introduction. <laughs> and God, I thank you that. Oh, there we go. Whoa, I can feel it. That your presence and your person is what she's going to carry, mm. because that's who she is. She's your daughter. She's the one who leans on your chest. Yeah, come on. Mm. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, we just enjoy your presence, Father, who you are, your love. You can go wherever you want to go. Keep going. Continue. I
1: (laughs) feel like I need to say something. Um, I don't know who it's for. he has already given you permission. He has given you permission to fall apart, if that's what you need to do. And he's given you permission to go as deep into him as you need to and want to go. And right now I feel like the the need for approval needs to be broken because you already have it. You already have his approval. When I was going through different things and, and the Holy Spirit led me to the baptism of Jesus. And you know, cloud part, Holy Spirit comes down like a dove and you hear the and he hears the voice of God from heaven saying This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And I wanted to hear those words for so long. I wanted to be able to believe for so long that he loved me like that, that when he looked at me, he didn't see failure and he didn't see the promiscuous girl I was in my past. And he didn't see the broken single mom and he didn't see the addict. He saw me cloaked in the righteousness of Christ and he saw his beloved daughter and that's what I craved. And I wanted him to look at me and say, I am pleased with you. And he says that to us. We are seated with Christ. We are in him. Those words are our words. And so you do not need the approval of man. You do not need the permission of man. You do not need the acceptance of man because you know what? You may or may not get it. There are still a lot of people who don't accept me. (laughs) I'm a lot. I'm a lot for people. It's okay because he does. His approval, it sits on us like this light that just when you have the approval of God and you know you have the approval of God and you know that he looks at you and he says, there is my beloved son or daughter. With them, I am well pleased. Or some translations say they bring me so much joy. Hmm. When you carry that, that is when you truly become somebody who cannot be shaken and somebody who is going to do everything that it is in your heart to do because trying to do those things while you're still seeking after the approval of man because you have not settled in your heart that you were approved of by god is going to have you soaring with every success and have you on your face with every failure but with god every it just becomes a journey. It just becomes about, I'm gonna take his hand and I'm gonna trust him because he's never gonna lead me anywhere that is not for my good. He will never lead you anywhere. And hear that for those of you who are are going, I don't know how to trust him. I don't know how to embark on this journey. I don't know how to let him back in. He will never lead you anywhere that is not for your good, even if it hurts and it might, and it will at times. It will hurt, but he leads you for your good. He leads you because what is on the other side of that pain is infinitely worth experiencing. It is worth every tear. It is worth every unanswered prayer. It is worth every F-bomb to end up on the other side of it. I promise you that. And so Jesus, tonight, I just ask that for every heart, Lord, for every person who is hearing this now or later, Would you please remove from them the need to be approved of by man? Would you allow them to come? Would you, Jesus, just shake off all the pretense. Shake off all the the words of man. And bring them to that place where it's just you and them. And would you draw them in a way that they begin to understand that they can really be real. They can really let you in. Lord, we are nothing without you. We can do nothing without you. And without encountering your Holy Spirit, this is all words. And I don't know about anyone else, but I am sick to death of words. (laughs) I don't want to listen to any more words. I want to experience firsthand your power, your goodness, your love, your mercy, your approval. Because I know the more we experience it, the more we become like you. And that I believe is the desire of every disciple of Jesus is that we would look like you. Come on. So help us look like you. Show us who you really are. Get rid of every lie of religion and show us who you really are. Thank you, Jesus.
0: I love the season that we're in right now. I hated it weeks ago, (laughs) but I'm loving it because it's exposing and bringing to the surface, all the things that we just said as words that we couldn't perform in the natural and i just you know i'm so excited to see that uh there's so many like gosh just being so good to me that it's like it's overwhelming you know and uh even just just the revelation that's coming out in this this time and some of it's like beyond me i don't know i'm just i'm a simple dude like I, you know i got no sleeves on right now right you know like <laughs>
1: You never
0: do. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna find me <laughs> in the library, you know. But uh, but I'm so glad because you know, um, this guy Brian that I've met through my friend John, and and uh, we do the journey on Fridays, and it's it, the journey's deep, man. Like I'm still processing through the journey, but uh, he had this amazing statement where he said, "When you don't understand, just stand under."
1: Mm-hmm. That's good.
0: If you don't get it, it's okay. Just stand under, you know, and, um, for me, this point of origin thing that God's developing in me to truly know where I come from, because even through everything I went through and the sonship and all that stuff encounters, I still had this like hint that I was a foster kid, you know, Mm, Yeah, because like I was standing in my kitchen and, uh, like, this is just my journey guys. Like, please don't. Try to build a theology on this, but I was standing in my kitchen. And the Lord spoke to me, and He said, "See, the problem is, is you believe Lucifer's your father." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know? And He's like, "Yeah, because if you were born into sin, you're born into His family. Mm-hmm. That's why you default to those things because that's who you believe you are." He goes, "But Corey, if you'd look on the bottom, if you'd flip yourself upside down, <laughs> you'd see a maiden heaven stamp."
1: Oh, that's
0: good. Nobody else. The enemy is not a creator. No. Nobody created you but God. Mm -hmm. Nobody put you together. Nobody knit you together. Nobody figured out your eyes and your voice. And nobody took the time to count the number of hairs on your head but God. It doesn't say Lucifer knows the number of hairs on your head. But yet the Lord does. And so if he made me and I come from him and Jesus said this powerful thing, he said, One lost sheep is worth more than the entire world. And the Lord told me, he said, Corey, how can you lose something you don't own? And I realized I was always his. Even before I remember. Jeremiah, right? You knew me before I was born. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I had a vision of him seeing that. Like the Lord showing him that he was like aware of God before and so it was crazy stuff. But the the point is this, is nobody could create you but the Father. So how could you belong to anyone else? Right. I think Jesus came to awaken us because we were sleeping. Yeah. He never called people dead. He said they were sleeping. And here was I sleeping in my transgressions, sleeping in my issues, sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. And he came and said, no, you were a son the whole time. Yeah. And like it took, he took it so far that even like the, the, the prodigal son story, hmm. he said, Corey, where's the, where were the sons in the beginning of the story? And I'm like the father's house. He goes, Corey, where's my house? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Where's the place? Well, it's in heaven. See, the sons were with the father and the one said, can I have my inheritance? What's our inheritance? Life. So he comes with life and he squanders it through what? The flesh. Till he remembers yeah. that even the servants, even the angels, even the beings in my father's house are treated better than this. And he returns to the father's house. And that's where I wanna be. I wanna be awakened to the point where like I used to have um whew, I used to have uh this thing where I was like, I wanna stand before Satan and say, hey, There's no part of you in me. That was like my cry when I first like have my life <laughs> wrecked by God. And now it's like I wanna know the father so well mm. that I'm not surprised. I wanna be so used to him that that transferring from this realm to that realm will feel natural. Yeah. Because he is the answer. Like John, um, he says it all the time. Like who we are and who he is. That's our purpose. Yeah. You know, and it was so crazy because even the other day he said, um, "Who Christ?" No, what what did he say? I wrote it down on here one sec because it was so good. Right here it says, "Jesus in me is a seed." That leads unto me in Christ. And that's exactly what you were saying earlier is unless you know him, you'll never understand your identity. Yeah, that's right. So unless you understand Jesus in me, you'll never be able to understand me in Christ. Because he is who we are.
1: Yeah. He is.
0: The firstborn son of what? Many sons. Even says we'll be co glorified. (laughs) like i don't even like i read that i'm like this is above my pay grade (laughs) like like, i need larry or john where's where's my buddies at you know because i'm like i need someone who's thinking a little like a yoda kind (laughs) of style of thought pattern for this one because you know like because it's like it's so it's too good yeah and like so many times jesus like so many times i i love pre-cross Pre-everything, he says, if you believe in the words I speak and in him who sent me, you shall not see judgment, but have eternal life. Yeah. Like, this guy is bold, man. Yeah. And he's opening the doors for everybody. Like, the dude on the cross never said Jesus was the Messiah. He never had a revelation that Christ was God. All he said was, could you remember me? And that simplicity and honesty and transparency where that guy just didn't want to be forgotten in the midst of like, he's dying. Like he's screwed. (laughs) He's, he's on the couch, man. Like he's got nowhere (laughs) else to go. And all he says is Jesus, could you remember me? And that, that open spot, man. I love that. Jesus is like this guy. He's coming with me.
1: I like what you said about how it's, too good to be true
0: yeah come on
1: everything about him is too good to be true and that's where I was hung up was fearing believing those things because but what if you let me down God And I've seen nothing like that since then. All I've seen is grace and mercy and love that is too good to be true. Because even when I want to pick something back up and even if I want to justify why I'm not good enough or why I should not have access to something or, you know, if I slip back into that kind of thinking where, oh, if I sin, then, you know, I don't have the right to ask for anything. All of these different things. And His goodness kind of comes and just... Blows all of that thinking out of the water because he is too good to be true. But don't let that be a reason why you don't enter in. Come on. Let that be a reason why you go, okay, I'm going to, I want to experience too good to be true. (laughs) I want to see a God who is too good to be true. Don't fear that you're going to get your hopes up and have them dashed. Our hopes are not up enough. Like we cannot... (laughs) we cannot hope on the level that he delivers we can't believe strongly enough we we can't even begin to imagine what is there and i just i wait and i long for the day that the church comes in to this revelation that everything he says he is is true And everything he says he will do, he will do. And everything he says you have, you have. It is not a future thing, it is right here, right now. Everything he says you have is in your hands and you are not unworthy of carrying it. And it's just my prayer. That as the church, we would come into the fullness of that kind of identity come that, on. that knows exactly under whose wing we are hidden. And we are untouchable from that place. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <That's all.
0: laughs> Sometimes that you're a... just done. <laughs> yeah, no, that was so good. Guys, just to let you know... Um, I put it on the, the poster for tonight, but Brandy actually wrote a book that was, I, you basically walk through your story and stuff in the book, right?
1: Yeah, and then I actually, you know, you might have heard me kind of mention stones tonight. So I actually go through nine different stones and that is a very finite number. There are many more um, <laughs> that that he will. And again, all through the book, I say like, this is between you and Jesus. So he may show you different things than he showed me. But I, I talk about the nine things that he really revealed about himself to me to help restore my foundation.
0: And just to let you know, I made the poster. I put that up there. I made her do the book plug just because uh, it's a real story. Like, it's a real person sitting in front of you that's been talking for an hour and 20 minutes with me. Like, it's not just something she sat and created. This is something she walked through. And, you know, I remember one time the Lord asked me to start writing out some things about worship. And the first thing he gave me was that this would not be a, uh, that this would not be, what was it? Oh, it's so good. It was like that this would not be a methodology, but a stepping stone to the next great revelation. Mm -hmm, That's good. You know, because that's what we need to do is take these things that people go through, take these things that are revealed to them. And let them be stepping stones to bring us closer to who the Father is, and to bring us into a fuller revelation of of who He is. Because if we can just look at Him, it's just it's that simple. Like whenever I look at Him, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. There's right, of, I'm right. Not, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's just learning to stay in that place of of. Of koinonia prayer that that place where Paul said would you like that you would pray continually the word was communion koinonia it was being aware of him and him aware of you it's not standing in the supermarket and being like up. <laughs> you know like it's <laughs> yeah. it's having the the awareness of our oneness and like it's so deep like even just um the other day the Lord spoke to me and was like Corey you gotta become aware that you're a spirit because that's where you're gonna find the oneness aware of it and i'm like i have no idea how to do that other than to to be still and ask him to show me yeah i you know and i'm I'm sure there's uh there's people out there who know more than i do about it and i'm sure i'm going to meet them but uh <laughs> but no this book is definitely i'm going to put it up one more time just because it's a really cool graphic and i made it and i like it. <laughs> no but uh it's on amazon actually you can find it And, uh, she's getting more stuff made and stuff in Canada and it's just awesome. And also too, you have a group, um, that you've been working with where like people who are going through these things and need to, to walk with people through it. You guys have like a group that you do too. Yeah. Like almost like a, like a, I don't even know what you would call it, like a small group.
1: Yeah. It's a little (laughs) Facebook community. Um, actually started because we did a free five day course based on the book. And then we kind of felt like we needed to create a community after those five days where we we do some live um, teaching and worship, and just basically, as we're led, we just kind of drop stuff in there and we're we're looking at you know how to create more of a more of a dynamic community within that group. It's still pretty new, but we're yeah, you know, we want to have that place for people so.
0: And so that's the rise up and reform, and you can find them all on Facebook. It's a private group, so you can message them, and uh, I love that. I'm not a, like I'm so, I'm so about the small. Not not that it has to stay small, but it's just like there's something about actually being able to connect with people. Um, like even for me, this format I love it because I feel like I get to connect with people. And that that the people watching have more of a connection than just if we just told a story. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like when you can have two people talking, or even three or four, it like it becomes this organic thing of itself. Like there was places we went tonight that I would have never thought to go, but you said something that sparked something, and then I'm crying mm-hmm. and we're going there, you know. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> which like my favorite part, like because like I forget how tall you are. You're like because you're you're small. I'm 5'2". Like, two- yeah, like, you're you're small, and so when you're like, I was dropping F-bombs, you know, <laughs> I'm just, like, picturing this, like, 5'2", you know, but you're also, like, a, a fitness trainer and stuff, too, so you're not, like, not scary, but it's just, like, you know, like, I just wish we would have had a camera on the front porch, you know, just to- <laughs> just to capture some of those moments you know like i i remember one time my mom almost died when i was a teenager and this was before i even knew god like i grew up in church my whole life i was messed up but i remember just saying like if she dies i'll come and kill you and i was like serious and when god changed my life he took me back to that moment and he was weeping over me he wasn't mad at me he wasn't like and i like i I didn't know how the heck I was gonna do it, but I, I was angry, you know? But he was weeping over me just like, here's this kid who is only safety is his mom and he has to watch her almost die. Like, you know, he has such a heart for us. Like we have no concept and like I, we could go for hours because especially bouncing back and forth, but it's just like there's so much that we haven't understood of the person of God. Like I love um you know where it says Moses heard the sound upon the mountain, mm-hmm. and it talks about Moses going up and the children of Israel running the other way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, it was the same sound, <laughs> it was the same mountain, but what they believed about God was two very different things, yeah, and it's learning to realize who He is that we would climb the mountain instead of run from it. That's right, come on, that came out good. That sounded like Morgan Freeman, good right there.
1: That's well, That's almost a, something you should make a graphic out of.
0: <laughs> yeah, <it's> just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like the corny stuff sometimes. Like even the intro video and stuff. Like I just put it together. I was like, I like this. Yeah. I good. love when the guy like throws the Bible against the wall. He's like so angry. <laughs> I like. I like it because I think it's like learning to embrace, um, your journey. really helps Mm -hmm. like all of it. And like, I loved, I love that. Like when you went into the permission thing, that was so great because it's like, there is people who feel like they can't go there because if they go there, what happens, you know? And you have to know that God just, he's not going to be offended at you. You know, it's so good. (sighs) yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So, um, yeah. So you guys can check Brandy out on Facebook and and all that stuff. Uh you can contact her, get her book through Amazon or do they con they just through Amazon, right?
1: Yeah, or they can contact us. We have um we're working on getting it on the Canadian side and we do have the audio and ebook as well, depending on what everybody's into. So they can send us a message. I like paper, <laughs> but not everybody does.
0: So Do you guys have like um Yeah, you guys can take e-transfers, right? So, if you guys want to bless like Brandy and her family, I encourage you to do so. So, I don't know. Um, you can message her on Facebook. She's uh, tagged in the post, and uh, just get her email directly from her. Don't don't use me. Go directly to the source, and just if God moves on your heart to bless these guys, do it because you know. Sometimes, like I don't, I could I could easily easily give you an offering message. Trust me. I grew up in it. Yeah. But when I see ground that was that was um, created by a true encounter, that's something worth giving into. You know, like when God's really doing something, and I feel like part of what he's doing in you guys is just happening. Like it's just starting. It's, it's so multifaceted. Like every time I see you guys, I see more. Like it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like it never stops. There's never like – yeah and there's even more more to come more revelation that's going to come like like i even (laughs) i saw like you going into like a closet but it wasn't a closet it was a door unto another place Hmm. and i feel like the lord wants to bring you into deep crazy encounters that are just going to blow your mind and i almost feel like this like desire's been in you like C. S. Lewis wrote about to to encounter God in in such a way that it's it's adventurous and, and private and real and and I just felt like the Lord's gonna like honor that desire and it's been in there for years. Like I feel like anytime you've heard of like people having third heaven encounters and all these things, you're like, that's that's what I live for, you know, and and I just I, I really feel like the Lord's like gonna just open that up. So and what's going to come out of that is going to be such another level of of truth, right? And and your truth with him and I just keep hearing the word your like loud. And mm-hmm. and I just heard the Lord say it's never not going to be yours again. And that 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 fear can die. That it'll never not be yours. That it'll never just be lip service. It'll always be you and him and and that he's never again going to let anything come between you and and that, you know, like he put Moses to sleep and walk through the blood himself. Why? Because he promised to keep the covenant. Now he didn't even put it on Moses. And I just felt like Jesus is like, I've promised to keep you and I've promised to keep our relationship. And I've promised, I've promised to chase after you. And, you know, and I just believe that the Lord is just going to just bring you to this place. That's going to be un, unbelievable. I see white veils just like being like pushed apart like curtains mm-hmm. like all the stuff that you you see but you don't see you're about to see i see like you're like almost like in your heart you see like encounters and images but it's like it's there's almost like a a silk or something between it and the lord's just like in the wind of god it's just gonna blow through the through the hallway i see like a dance hall but like ancient style ballroom type thing and the lord's blowing the veils out and opening the windows and and you're just going to encounter life and life itself and what that means and the everlasting gospel of jesus christ that good news that never ends and Mm -hmm. and yeah and god i thank you that that she is yours that that that's who she is She's yours. And God, I thank you for every person that was just blessed tonight. And Yeah, yeah we just, you're good. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and the best part about all that stuff is eventually it manifests in the natural too. And it just, it never stops. Mm-hmm. That which he does in our hearts, he also does in our life. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love you guys i miss you
1: yeah we miss you too
0: thankfully Lockdown's lo-
1: finally lifted, so hey, pretty soon. you can come
0: anytime you want anytime <laughs> yeah. you want we'll do uh we'll jump in here like we've got the studio here we got the stage and you know we can do anything we can god's great we can do anything we want to do you know so
1: do it because i need to leave my house
0: <laughs>
1: honestly <laughs>
0: because i need to leave my house
1: (laughs) i did get to go to work so that's something i suppose but
0: (laughs) yeah yeah come on all right well guys thank you for being on here you guys have been consistent all night um share the broadcast um like i said get in touch with brandy bless them hook them up and uh thanks for watching the encounter see you later
1: everybody